Welcome to the Made of Human podcast. I'm Sophie Hagen, your host and the creator of this podcast. And I made this podcast because I wanted to figure out how to do life, how to function. And uh, I haven't figured it out yet because it turns out no one knows. No one has any idea how to do it. And isn't that kind of comforting? Uh, I want to introduce a new thing. I'm just going to do this quick introduction to this episode and then I'll let you listen to the conversation with Catherine Ryan. Uh, and she's great. You know that. She's wonderful. It's um, There's a few uh, trigger warnings. <clears throat> we do talk about um, domestic violence, uh, male violence against women, and uh, it, it might be triggering to some people. So now you know that. Um, did you guys know that you could email me? at my email, which is uh, madeofhumanpodcast at gmail.com. Just email me there. And uh, we can, you know, I, I might read it on uh, on this podcast. I mean, if you want me to, you can... I, I'd like life advice. <laughs> Either life advice or like nice stories about how maybe you heard something on the podcast that, that you could use or <laughs> maybe you have something to add or to, I just I, I just like some I'd like some feedback and some emails and I'm not promising I can necessarily answer every one of them but I'd love to read some stuff from my listeners here because I happen to know about quite a few of my listeners being quite awesome and sharing some really cool things on Twitter and I, I never know where to find it again once I, I do these introductions so email me madeofhumanpodcast at gmail.com and, uh, and we'll see if it's something we can share on this uh, you can be anonymous if you want just let me know so uh, <laughs> do that I quickly want to say um, if you're in Denmark on Saturday the 4th of February I'm starting my Denmark tour I'll be in Copenhagen Aarhus Odense and Albo and I really want to see you because the people listening to this podcast are my favorite people so please go and get tickets there's still some left uh, you can go to sophiehagen.com and under live shows I'd love to see you there also if you're in Denmark uh, <laughs> if you're in Denmark and you're fat listen up <laughs> this is for you uh, I'm launching today I'm launching an organization, or call it an organization, a movement, a a network. Um, it's called Filfront, F-E-D-F-R-O-N-T, uh, which translated as Fat Front, and it's a, it's, it's it's a movement with my friend, uh, an activist, Andrea Stokobrock, and together we are trying to gather, I guess, reach all the fat people in Denmark, and we wanna we wanna fight. We want to fight. One of Denmark's a shit place to feel good about yourself. It's not body positivity and fat acceptance isn't a thing in Denmark, and we want to make it that. Because whenever the the media reaches out and wants to talk about it, it's only me and Andrea that they talk to, and we need more people to be spokespeople, and we need more people to understand that they're lying when they tell us that we're worth nothing because of our bodies. So we need to. If you're fat and this speaks to you. It, at all if any of these episodes on, on where we discuss body positivity go to philfront.dk uh, it's all in Danish so if you're not Danish it won't matter uh, go and read about it and, and sign up for the newsletter and, and get, in, get involved we're going to have a meeting uh, on the 10th of February in Denmark in Copenhagen so come to that and um and be part of this because I'm I'm so proud of this. It's a it's gonna launch today, so I don't know how it's gonna go, but uh, it's important. So um, so yeah, yes. For everyone in uh, London, I'll be at the Soho Theatre in May. I'm gonna go get tickets for my show Shimmer Shatter. Uh, it's gonna be the last time I ever do it. Uh, SohoTheatre.com. And in, <laughs> I'm so sorry, this is so London centric and Denmark centric, but. Uh, from the 14th of March to the f no, from the 14th of February to the 1st of March, I'm uh, going to work on a new show, and uh, it's basically going to be me on stage with a microphone in front of 20 to 30 people, and I'll just tell some stories and try and work out what my new show is going to be. Some of it will be funny. It might be <laughs> not that funny yet, but hopefully it's interesting and uh, it'll be nice and fun and. 
at the moment, I'm only telling you people, so you know it's going to be full of lovely Mopadlessness. So if you want to know about them, I'm going to announce them soon. Go to sophiehagen.com forward slash newsletter and sign up for that. A final quick thing. Be aware of these two guys, Larry Dean and Ed Hedges. Uh, Larry Dean was uh, on my on this podcast a few weeks ago, and Ed Hedges is one of my best friends, and I'm sort of directing his show in Edinburgh uh, this year, his first debut hour. And if you can catch him anywhere, go and see him. He is. Some of you saw him when he supported me on tour. And I'm still getting emails from people about him saying, how's Ed? Is he, how's he doing? <laughs> he was a lovely guy. <laughs> Just random notes about, about Ed. <laughs> so that's, uh, so you love him. He's, he's one of the best people I know and definitely one of the funniest people uh, I've ever met. Um, you know those kinds of friends where you screenshot things they just write to you so you can look back and laugh because it was so funny so you know notice their shows they're doing shows all around the country so Ed Hedges and Larry Dean now I will let you listen to this episode because I've been uh, rambling way too much so please enjoy the lovely Catherine Ryan Are you not too busy to be doing this? No, I'm not busy at all. Are you kidding? Yeah, it was really, really busy. I think um, that's how freelance work goes for yeah. anybody. It's like ebbs and flows. Um, and you have to take work when it's offered to you. But then I have a few things that I've wrapped up that are coming out soon. Mm. So then I'm not touring. I should be busy writing a new show. But, I mean, I'm the boss of that, so that's not happening. <laughs> I should be. I should be at open mics as often as you are. Just always. You have so much new material all the time. No, I just do a lot of new material nights. Oh, okay. It's just the same the material. material. Very wise. It so, comes in like big waves. I do nothing new for like six months. And then all of a sudden, I just talk for an hour. <laughs> do yeah. that in Edinburgh. And then I have nothing again. Good. Me too. Only I, more like 10 minutes. <laughs> I'll say nothing. And then I'll be like... Here are all the notes that have been in my phone for the last four months, and they're it's topical, so it's like <laughs> oh, not yeah. topical anymore. Oh, you do topical stuff. Yeah. That must be so hard. Uh, stupid is more because it uh, has such a short shelf life. Yeah, and uh, I look at other comics being like, you know, the thing about my wife, and you can do that for yeah. years, or they'll be like, my three-year-old son is up to no good, and I'm like, oh, you have a three-year-old, and he'll be like, oh no, he's sixteen now. <laughs> I'm like, wait a minute, yeah. So not all my stuff's topical, and I'm learning to do stuff that's not British. I find like when I, I don't know about you, when I first moved to this country, I really was tired of people saying, oh, you flew in for this gig, like yeah, in a pub in the. the <laughs> Leicester basement of some pub. Said that? Yeah, they were like, oh, they thought they were really special, and I flew Aww. everywhere. And I thought, oh, that's really nice. But then I would talk about British things to yeah. ingratiate myself to be like, I know what's going on around here. Oh. Talk about British TV, British celebrities, British. But like that, then you can't do any of that yeah. just for laughs in Canada. You can't really do it in yeah. Australia. A little bit more. Yeah. They get British TV in Australia, but you just need to have some material that is about relationships or yeah. not just romantic relationships, but the type of material that anyone in any planet yeah. can relate to. I don't do that. So I really fuck myself. <laughs> you don't, you don't, you don't have to like, I never, I do no, almost nothing about Britain. I can sense that they love it when I do like, the, yeah. like a line, they get really excited, but they will always, no matter what I say, they'll always go, Oh, you've uh, you've really nailed the British humor. Oh. Like, no, I just talk about things like this, these. These jokes work all over the world. Yeah, <laughs> this isn't you. People want to think that something belongs yeah. to them. Oh, yeah, all of them. That's smart of you then, just to do your own thing. But that's the thing. So I I can't not do it. Like mm -hmm. it's, it's not like I have like a load of topical jokes that yeah, I just yeah. don't do. Well, what? Why? Why do you do that material? Because that seems a bit further away from, uh, yeah, like personal, yeah, me stuff. I do both, I think. Yeah? And everything is a personal me stuff because I have um, uh, a really strong stance on anything. Like, I, I will pick a viewpoint and just really stick to it and be mm -hmm. like, here's how I feel about Cheryl Cole. When really, I'm sure she's a very nuanced and very <laughs> lovely person. But I think it's funnier not to just dislike someone a little bit. I think it's funnier yeah. to, like, truly despise them or really love them. So I always take extreme 
viewpoints. And I, I make everything about me in the end, but I'll take something. I, I'm pandering, really. I'll take <laughs> something like, oh, you know, this the Celebrity Big Brother that's out right now. And then everybody's like, oh, yeah, we are watching that at home. I just like, I watch too much television. I like to talk about topical things. It's the kind of comedy that I like to watch. Oh, yeah. Not always, but I appreciate um, a good, timely observation. Is it difficult being like, I hate Cheryl Cole, and then going back to being, oh, in my personal life, this has happened? <laughs> um, I don't know, because I think uh, when I talk about Cheryl Cole, and if anyone's listening to this podcast from anywhere else in the world, they will not know who she is. And I, I don't, don't know who it is. Oh. I, have no, I thought, no, I have no idea. So... See, see, that's why I have no references. I have no, ref I know nothing. Oh I don't watch God. TV. So that's what I'm really doing, backing myself into a corner. She's this <laughs> really beautiful uh, British pop star who made it on one of those first like talent competitions into yeah. uh, Girls Aloud, the girl group. I remember those. And then was a solo artist. Got really famous when she married a footballer. But she's rough. She's from like. Newcastle or the outskirts and got into some fights and she has this very uh, dependency issue council estate family so like a tabloid darling basically yeah. and I just when I talk about her um, and she's now having a baby with uh, Liam from One Direction Is it oh Liam? I don't know one of them I, I think know. one of them is called Liam I mean, see, that's that's how old I am I, I know Cheryl Cole which is over and I don't know One Direction <laughs> so, yeah Liam I don't know. Anyway, no yes, idea. it is. And he's really People cute. Will tweet, and we'll find out. Yeah, we'll in find out. Three months. He'll be like, actually, the yeah. Twitter handle will be like Liam forever. Yeah. Um, she met him on a talent competition. She was a judge in a position Ooh. of power, and he was a contestant. He was 14. And there's an old clip. What? Yeah, there's an old how, clip. How old she? Them. 28. I don't know. Yeah. Wow. And he's like, uh -huh, I'm going to sing my song. She's like, I think you're cute. Like, she's already flirting with him. And if that were a man and a little girl, oh, yeah. it'd be crazy. But anyway, they're together now, and he's a man, and she's pregnant. Uh, and I'm sure she's a lovely person. So when I talk <laughs> about her, I'm not really talking about her. I'm using mm. something in celebrity culture then to talk about a greater theme and, like, the fact that tabloid culture tears people down or just mm -hmm. forgives any behavior because they're so beautiful it's about mm -hmm. beauty standards it's about the emphasis that we put on beauty because she is like the most beautiful person i've ever seen in my life like little dimples just like a baby but a, like a gorgeous baby in a wig anyway <laughs> so it's not that different from the way that i talk about my own life i talk about themes from my own behavior or my own faults or my own i don't know i It does jump around a bit, but I think it's all... It's just the stuff I want to talk about, I guess. What's your, what are your faults? Many, many. Um, I... Is, are there any... Because now it's just been the new, new year and people do, like, resolutions. Mm. Has, is there a major flaw or major fault that you've, you really want to get rid of? A major one? Or have you... Oh, not a major one, but, like, the, the one you would... The most one and get... Or... or Are you just accepting of them now? Are you just like, it's who I am? Yeah, I shit in the shower, that's who I am. <laughs> that's who I am. I, um, I, sh I will not put as much emphasis on romantic relationships as I have in the past. Mm. Because my daughter, who gets too much attention, if anything. Like, I'm destroying her life by giving her... <laughs> everything and too much love you know she doesn't have anything to fight against so really my resolution should be to ignore her but instead I just feel like she's growing up really quickly she's seven and a half but seven and a half is nearly nine and then nine is nearly 13 I think they're gone she already mm. would rather spend time with her friends mm. than me she's like a little woman all of a sudden mm. so I think um, I've spent a lot of time being distracted by Oh, will I be in a partnership? Will I have more children? Because we're confronted every day with this body clock and shamed for not doing certain things by a certain age and having a certain type of life. And so I think um, I need to just do away with that. My life's pretty good. And I need to make her my my boyfriend, which is healthy, <laughs> until she's so old that she doesn't want to know me anymore, which is a minute away. And then I can go and have a boyfriend and put emphasis on that. Um, because we've done okay on our own, she and I, so much so that my other fault is I'm like really spoiled now. I'm really oh. spoiled. Like I 
definitely spend too much money on things like Ubers and takeaway. It's so easy. It is. And like, I just don't uh, call my friends back the way that I should. I don't call my family. I just basically work and sleep and text. And so I should put my phone down a little bit more. Yeah, that's what I'll do this year. Just be more like present in my home, cook more meals, block myself from the Deliveroo app. Maybe I could send them like just racist language and threats (laughs) until they block me. They send me gifts. They send me all these gift cards for Christmas. No, because you're such an avid user? Yeah. But I, I thought I was, and they don't send me anything. So well, you must, you need you to must step use up. so much. <laughs> yeah, wow. I do. But have you tried Uber Eats? That's not what this is about, but now I'm just curious. <laughs> this is a sponsored podcast. <laughs> I fucking wish it would be. Yeah. I would take that. I don't care how little they pay taxes. <laughs> if they gave me free food for life, I'm there. I mean, we would all dodge taxes if we could. <laughs> Um, no, because I live in North London where Uber Eats just mm. kind of launched. Right. And I'm really loyal. That means loyal. delivery is free. Is it? Yeah. Like when they just launched, they're like, use our app. So it's free. <gasps> Listen, you're not helping because <laughs> I just need to be more healthy. Make things. Wholesome food from the earth at home. Yeah. You know? But that takes a lot of time and there's delicious. And, and when there are chicken wings right around the corner. And I need yeah. to stop eating chicken, too. Oh, chicken in general? Yeah. I just feel like that is the cruelest of yeah. animal farming. You know those videos? Because chickens are almost not even sentient. Really, they are dicks. Like, if you've ever known a chicken, <laughs> you're not going to be like, oh, you know, he had really soulful eyes. Like, that <laughs> is a cow. Cows oh, they're sweet. are like puppies. Yeah, I yeah. get it. But chicken, people just, like, chuck it into a blender, and that's... Yeah. I get it. I, that was by far the, the least interesting thing you said that I picked up on. <laughs> I was like, oh my God, the Liberal you too. Oh my God. No, but it's like <laughs> been a big part of my life. I know. Yeah. I, and they used to give me a full refund whenever food turned up cold. Oh. But then they stopped doing that. I think they, they started to think like, oh, it's just taking advantage. But I was like, no, no, look, like I've, there's plenty of meals that I haven't complained about. Yeah. Just this one. And then they started being like, you can have five pounds back. Ugh. So I went, oh, it's, this doesn't matter. This is so irrelevant to anything. No, I feel like a lot of your listeners are going to be having these problems. <laughs> and you shouldn't diminish the gravitas of these problems. <laughs> Gravity. Uh, I I don't know. I think I thought you were in a relationship. Uh, so I was sort of dating him. Mm. And when I talk about him in stand-up, and that's the other thing I just talk about. I don't really... Uh, I tell some lies mm. because you have to mix in truths and lies so that you're not defaming anyone. You just oh, change yeah, yeah. a few little details. I am sort of still seeing him who moved to Japan in my stand-up. That's the story. Oh, uh, yeah. He's like, I think in, in my stand-up, he's like a musician who moved to Japan. It right. made, yeah, made yeah, him yeah. more interesting. But uh, <laughs> no, like my boyfriend moved away and it was too far. Yeah, it's like yeah. essentially Japan. And uh, so we're sort of not seeing each other, but we sort of are and I'm not seeing anybody else. But, uh, and he's definitely the nicest one I've ever dated, like by a mile. What happened? What happened from dating not nice guys to suddenly a nice guy? I just... Um, dated probably like I probably reached rock bottom is what happened (laughs) probably dated like the worst one (laughs) and then came out of it just being like oh my gosh I'm lucky to be alive like what a psycho and then I uh it was a great breakup because it was that breakup where you just kind of come to life you go (gasps) and then you never speak to them again it's not like oh I kind of miss him no 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 no. like I was humiliated by the fact that I ever spoke to him and then I just never like no calls no accepting texts blocking from everything is very great so was that you doing that you just woke up did something happen did something push you over the edge did you like read an inspirational quote I wonder Um, okay so I had a therapist for a while helping me get out of that relationship and she's so awesome her name's Pam she works at a place called Bee Leaf get it like B-E-E and then a leaf but it's like belief it took me months to get it Um, and I talk about Pam all the time and then she's like oh because there's this doctor patient confidential whatever but I refer people to her and I'm like did you say hi for me and she's like uh officially I don't treat you and I was like yeah you do Pam um <laughs> I have my therapist once said to me she gave me some advice about something and then she said 
Yeah, because uh, I'm also seeing another uh, another one of my clients is also a comedian, so I know exactly. And I was like, "What? Who?" And this is like in Denmark. So there's like three of them. Yeah. I was like, "Tell me." And she was like, I "Can't tell you." And I was just like, "Ah, uh-huh. <laughs> I need this to know." The trouble with therapists is she might have been just making that up to test you and to see like how you would react to <laughs> thinking so that nice. she was seeing another comedian. Like, what your jealousy triggers might be. What? <laughs> how curious you are. You can never trust them. Oh, that's annoying. Oh my God. Okay. I'll tell you exactly what she did. Oh, go on. I've just remembered. So she did many things. She helped me a lot. Um, She would ask me to talk about him and I would talk about him and she'd sit there. She's like, she's really strong. She's hugely like educated. She's not one of those therapists that just says like, what do you think? Mm -hmm. And she would inject her own. She'd be like, wait a minute. All of this behavior is reprehensible. Why are you only upset that? Like, he cheated on you. That was the thing that I was upset about. And she was like, that's the least offensive thing he's ever done mm-hmm. in your relationship. And I was like, no, I think he's pretty cool. And she was like, no. And she would point out all these things. And then I said, well, I want to make it work because I'm such a, and I think this is part of my like Irish culture. Because we all come from a culture. And that's not your background necessarily. It's just the vibe of the house you grew yes. up in is your culture. She was like... You know, the women keep everything together and they're quiet and they, they're strong and they have this little matriarchy going on, but they fix things and they don't quit and they never leave their husbands. And I, I think that is my vibe. I never wow. want to give up. And uh, I take everything as like, I can fix this. I can, don't oh. worry, everybody. Mm-hmm. You know, like the Titanic is sinking and I'm like, <laughs> don't worry. Just like gaffer taping one yeah. of the holes. Like, I got it. I got Something it. With a mug, just throwing walls. <laughs> yeah, a little pale. Yeah. That's me. And so she was like, I said, I want to make it work. Can I bring him in and you can talk to us? And she was like, you can't bring him in here. <laughs> but I'll tell you what I'll do. She said, I'll refer you to a colleague where that I do group sessions with sometimes. He is um, they call me the daddy and him the mummy. He's like gentle and you can't bring him into someone like me because A, I'm a woman, he won't respect me. B, if I challenge him at all, it sounds like he's going to shut down. Mm. So you need someone who won't really challenge him. And I was like, oh, well, I kind of want him to be challenged. Oh, well, so fine. And we went to see this guy three times. And in each of the sessions, it was amazing what she did. Pam is a genius because I watched my ex uh, speak to this gentle therapist and the gentle therapist never challenging him on anything just being like oh yeah oh yeah and I watched it like a play and I went this is bullshit like this guy's a loser and you should be challenging him and I saw him for the first time for who he was and then I was like that's it I'm never going back so you had to see him like through almost through someone else's like eyes yeah I had to and I had to watch him like as a in a play basically (gasps) it was so genius thank you um it was the most genius thing that's ever happened and you just kind of just then you just that was like in that session and you went it was uh in that session it cured me I was like ew I can't be that other guy in the play going okay (laughs) what else maybe it wasn't clear that you weren't supposed to cheat i was like yes it was clear yeah yeah, yeah. and i just thought you're both losers and then i I never went back did you like and then you went home and then you broke up right down there did you have to take like some weeks to yeah because i don't think i've ever broken up with anyone not on a whim i mean not on a whim but like I just realized that I'm now it's happening right now. Mm. I can't really think it over for too long. Like once I've made the decision, it has to happen right now. Yeah. I should say just so that I don't get sued again, that the ex that I'm talking about was Korean and his name was Michael. Um, yeah. (laughs) I just started thinking about, have I I been sued already? Yeah. In those times we should both be careful. Yeah. Um, (laughs) I, uh, (laughs) You're right. Yeah, I think it takes a lot of people just go, all right, that's it. Yeah. I usually start sleeping with someone else, and I right. overlap, and then I'm like, listen, you got to get out. I didn't, though, in this case. I didn't sleep with anyone else. I just like slowly extricated myself. I think, and this is very dark to bring up, I think that uh, women have a legitimate reason to fear being murdered as well. Yeah. Like, we... Yeah. And I know there are men... Not all men. Men will tweet and be like, violence actually happens to men as well. Yeah. By other men. By other men. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Like, um, we can get killed if we make a wrong move and upset someone too much. We really can. 
Yeah, and I I think we don't speak about that enough. Mm-hmm. I have a friend whose friend is uh, is in a relationship, and the guy has gradually become worse and worse, and Ugh. is now is now hitting her. And my friend was you know is desperate to get this other friend out of that relationship, but he's like isolated her more and more, you know, kind of one by one removed her friends from her life, you know, like, oh, you shouldn't speak to her, she's a bad influence, and then she got pregnant, now she has a kid, and then they oh, moved, no. like, to another country where she didn't know anyone, So, f- and then he makes all the money, he told her not to work, so he would make the money, and it's all these classic behaviors of, like, a psychopath. Yeah. So now he completely owns her, and she can't do anything, she has a kid, she's financially uh, in, in, um, unindependent? Un- Dependent. Yeah, dependent. There should be a word for that. Unindependent is cool. Unindependent. Uh, anyways, and I, I, I sat with my friend and I said, this isn't just my friend is in a shitty relationship. This is sh- my friend is in danger. Like she's in actual danger because mm-hmm. that is, that's the escalation. And if we don't talk about that because we're afraid that men are going to start crying because we've said some men kill women. Yeah. Then that, you know, that should be in her friend's head that this is dangerous because mm-hmm. it's, it's a thing. I mean, it's hard to see yourself until you watch yourself in a very small, shitty play. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. She needs to, oh gosh. Yeah, I think it's difficult for people to see themselves because they go, no, no, not me. Yeah, I mean, yeah. maybe it ticks all those boxes, but no, 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 no. Yeah, like I could, it, that couldn't happen to me. Or, no, I know him really well. Like <sighs> his his dad left and... You know, he's just going through some so yeah. difficult times, and he will hold me. You know, and then he's really sweet sometimes. Yeah. And you make all these excuses, and then. But anyone who knows a murderer, and I'm sure like people do, um, I do not very well. But um, one of my girlfriends in school was murdered by her ex-boyfriend. Oh shit! And so, like, you see that they're not these evil people who walk around and like dark cloaks with machetes like real people get sick and they kill other people and that's how murders happen these are real people and even on tv famous murderers they always go oh he was a bit weird or they go no he was a really nice guy you never Mm -hmm. know and you never know yourself when you could i guess snap if someone makes you mad enough that's what's scary about it that's Mm -hmm. why we're so fascinated in all these Mm -hmm. these like murder films and things like it's not this isn't happening to characters in a movie it's from life it can happen and if you think someone might kill you then you're better off taking him seriously than Mm. brushing it off because i don't know oh gosh yeah your friend yeah needs to get out i did the whole like tell her this this and this and give you know make sure she has a place to go and hear all the women's senses and but then there's only so much you can really do and there's only so much my friend can do and Mm. you know uh so you knew the the murderer, mm-hmm. and you not didn't. very well. No, and you never had any because that's. I think that's what we everyone would love to think that we would know. Yeah, we like, oh, he was no, definitely weird. Like he had some violent history. Um, he was a boxer, like for a sport. Mm-hmm. Not that all boxers are, but you know there was some aggression, and then he used drugs. You and get hit on in the head a lot. Yeah, and that's not good. No, I knew her a lot better than I knew him, but. I'd seen him around. It was a small town, and he'd said hi. You know, we knew each yeah. other just um, acquaintances because yeah. he was had been dating her. It's really important for her family too, um, without like giving too much away about their identity or hers. Not that I think they mind, because they're still on this mission to keep him in prison. He's about to get out. <gasps> yeah. Um, that uh, she split up with him, and the media was like her boyfriend. No, this was her ex boyfriend, and I think oh yeah, it's important that people know that. But I mean, he was sweet. He could be really sweet. He was really popular, really good looking, and then yeah, I mean, so, and I think anything that happens when you're that age, and she was not my best friend. You know, mm. she has family that they were obviously way more affected than any of the people in the town. But mm. in a small town, when that happens, when you're 18 years old it writes on the canvas of who you are. Mm. And it taught me really young to be like, oh, if you upset them, they can kill you. They Mm. just can kill you. Yeah. And maybe it's not fair. I'm not saying every man's going to kill you, but I mean, you know when people are like, there's a Muslim problem. (laughs) No, there's a man problem. Like all these school shooters, all the other, like there's a thing with them. 
aggression and maybe it's up to the next generation to look after men better and to teach them that they can be vulnerable and they can cry and they don't have to like keep everything all pent up until they bring a fucking gun to school I mean I don't know but that's the thing you know there's there has been a lot of like school shootings but there's probably been more women murdered by men and people Mm -hmm. teach people in schools what to do if that would happen so we should also teach women what to do in that situation because it's not it's not in another world it's not it could happen yeah. it happens so much yeah but it's always these like headlines in the newspapers are always like oh they had a bit of a he, he was a bit of a, a, a vandal and he, <laughs> he slapped her and then she fell and died herself she just died, died herself. herself completely that's what happened because you don't get that yeah. holy shit anymore it's yeah. just ugh, another one well that was what was so creepy about it so i was young and i i was at work we worked together I was at work when I found out because she didn't come in and I was really like, Ugh, you know, we've got this big party on the bar, like she needs to come in. And then my friend called me on a landline because I'm very old. Yeah. <laughs> and she said, um, uh, like Sarah, we'll say her name is Sarah is dead. And I was like, yeah, she's so dead. She didn't come in from work. She was like, no, so-and-so killed her. And I was like, what? And like within minutes, police came and they were interviewing all her closer friends at the restaurant to, trying to f- get to the bottom of it. Anyway, and uh, I went home. I had to finish my shift because uh, obviously we were one waitress short. And um, I was upset, but I finished my shift. And then I went home and I was like, Mom, you wouldn't believe what happened. They're going to make a movie about this. Like, um, it was my mom who sat me down and was like, uh, they won't make a movie about it, actually, because it's not unusual. So I was scary. Like, what? She's like, yeah. that happens kind of all the time. I really fucked up your podcast. Not at all. Bringing no, up. No. no, no, no. This is it's uh, that's what I mean. It's important, yeah. Be- and also maybe to hear it from the. I guess what because that's what this came from. I was because um, I was dating. Uh, I was dating this girl when I was twenty one, twenty two, something like that. And it was just like the best relationship. Oh my! And we were so. Uh, we just did all these weird, funny things. Yeah. Like we broke into a house. <laughs> so funny! <laughs> Everyone handles. loved us. Yeah. You couldn't tell because they weren't smiling, but they loved us because yeah. we were so smart and we were so funny and and so crazy. And we just did all these weird <laughs> things. And um, and I, I I've only been seeing it for a month, but it felt like forever. And I, I quit my job so we could hang out more. Cause why wouldn't you? And we saw each other nonstop, twenty four hours a day for like a month. And then, uh, and she had a diagnosis, and then she told me about this diagnosis, and she said, she would slowly start telling me, like, oh, you, like, oh, that, you have, you have a bit of this as well. And I was like, yeah, I guess I do. And she's like, oh, that's interesting. And then uh, the further we went, the more she was like, dude, you have all of these symptoms. You must have the same mental disease as me. And I was like, whoa, that's huge. Like, I've been seeing a therapist for like seven years. I wonder why she never picked up on that. So I decided to go and see my therapist and I, I explained the whole month to her, like, I've had this amazing relationship with this amazing woman and she's so great. And and she has told me that I have this disease. So she says I should go to this, uh, this psychiatric hospital to get it fixed. And I was just telling her about all the crazy stuff we'd done. And my therapist just, like, dropped her jaw and I've never seen anyone look that terrified. And she was just like get out get out <gasps> now she's this is she's dangerous and i was like what do you mean no 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 i love her she's great and she just started telling me back like you did this and you did that Try, just think about that one more time what oh. you did and i was like oh and then she gave me this um pamphlets talk about my uh, about her disease saying like these people will do this 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 and this yeah and yeah. i was like oh shit oh shit that is true. This is very, very bad. This is a very bad thing. So I immediately like got out of that and moved away. Like because she knew my housemates, so she could. Always, she was just as soon as I broke up, she was always in the flat, just being there. Oh. So I moved out, like just tried to get as far as, as, uh, away from her as possible. And then I met her ex, her other ex girlfriend, who I like hated when we were together. Oh, that bitch! <laughs> and I met her, and I was like, this is really embarrassing. But um, yeah, I was. It was a bit weird when I was in a relationship with her. And she went, yeah, I, I know. And I said, no, no, you don't know. Like, I got a, I got a piercing. And I showed her, like, the <laughs> scar under my lip. And she went, oh, yeah? And she removed the hair from her back. And she had 18 stars tattooed down her back. Whoa. And she was like, yeah, I've been there, too. Because when you're in that bubble, she's like, get a tattoo. And she's like, yeah. <laughs> 
and it was and I remember like look at my therapist's eyes and he was like she's about to get you admitted to a psychiatric hospital and you're fine mm. I'm like oh shit <laughs> she would have done that she would have just had me go in and go lock me down for good because I am clearly all of these things <gasps> I mean she sounds like a great time <laughs> she is she uh, I, I don't speak to anyone who knew me that month like all the parties we went through anyone I who to knew no me one. that month <laughs> that month everyone we hung everyone who met her I don't speak to any of them because I'm so embarrassed. Yeah, that's what it is when you're done, done, and you realize that something was foolish. You just humiliated. You're yeah. like, whoops, forget about that. Oh, everyone knew. Yeah, that. At least uh, you didn't get any tattoos. Yeah, when that while was heels. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I still have the. the I think it's an, an important tiny scar to have. It is. Go, yeah, that was. Yeah, I can feel it with my tongue on the inside of my lip. Oh my like, god, yeah, that's her. <laughs> but it's good. It's I mean handy that you had that whirlwind when you were 22. I wish that I could have made more mistakes earlier and then be where I am today, but with like better skin, <laughs> you know? What do you, so apart from the whole dating thing. So, oh, so that was, so you, you got out of that relationship yeah. and then you've, did you just suddenly want nice guys or did you seek out niceness? I'm not, I don't remember because he's not, um, uh, I, kn- I knew him. I definitely didn't see him in a romantic light and then I think I I think I wasn't looking for nice I think I was just looking for clever oh I think I was like attracted to how smart I thought he was I was like he's really smart he's smarter than he is nice maybe and then once you get to know him he's pretty nice (laughs) but I was like I need to be with someone who's not a complete idiot and then um yeah, that's what I went for. I went for clever, and then he ended up being really nice as well. And I wouldn't go back now. I'm really lucky that this. It's sad though. In my 30s, it took me till my 30s to date someone that I think is just genuinely good, like a nice. I think a lot of people yeah. never reach that point. Really? Yeah. Oh, man. Don't you think? Well, certainly not if they get married young and they stay with yeah. the first person they ever slept with. But there is this whole bad Which boy thing. Oh, I Jesus just want wants. a bad boy. I want someone who's exciting and like bad is in the. It's yeah. in the title. <laughs> it's, yeah. it's not a good thing. A lot of people have a rescue syndrome as well. Yeah. They think they can be the person. And that's oh really narcissistic God. when you break it down. It's like, yeah. she couldn't do it and she couldn't do it. And these other 500 people yeah. couldn't do it. But I, can I save am the best of them all. Yeah. And I will do it. Like, how dare you, yeah. Catherine? You can't. <laughs> You're garbage like all the others. <laughs> also, one thing is you can't, but you shouldn't. Like, it's not your job to fix that. Why do I need a project? It's probably because I am a good mom. Like, that's the thing that I know that I do really well. Or I accidentally have this amazing child. But my daughter's really cool, really nice, really secure and confident and really fun. And so I think, oh, maybe I'm a really great mom. And then maybe I'll always try to mother people because I did such a good job with her. But I mean... She could still go downhill. You never know. All these you moms are like, you smug bastard. You wait. You wait till she's 16. So I don't know. But um, yeah, I'm just not really thinking about any of that anymore. I'm just going to let That's it good. be. Because you don't have to be in a relationship. And that we're really mm-hmm. lucky to live yeah. in a time when that option is available to us. Mm-hmm. Women couldn't have bank accounts or own property like a minute ago. And so now for men and women, it's nice that people are living longer taking their time and realizing that you kind of don't need to be in a partnership if you don't want to and we're particularly lucky because i mean i have a lot of friends who are in relationships because they're bored and we have a job that's quite exciting Mm -hmm. and we get to travel and do fun things and be very busy where weeks can go by where i've not even considered that I probably should try and find someone because <laughs> it's just like oh well when would I yeah. you know like I'll, I'll see someone and I think oh they're interesting and then I'll go well I'm going away for a month and a half so I wouldn't be able to see him again until February and then I have to start new, working on the new show so maybe March but oh god then I have to I really want to be able to travel and then you just go yeah. oh, I can't see you until June <laughs> <laughs> just be like are you available in June yeah. I think you're cute what are you doing in six months <laughs> just meet people who are in like relationships that are on their last legs and be like by the time you clean up this mess I'll be in the country <laughs> call me I have a girlfriend I know call me <laughs> so you're not in a relationship no no but you date a lot don't you no you don't no, no I fall in lo- I fall in love a lot oh and then the relationship takes place in my head oh. and then it ends before I speak to the person 
So oh. I'll do that thing of going, oh, he's nice. I want, he looked back. I want, oh, maybe he's interested in me as well. Oh, we'll probably start texting and I'll end up going to his place to watch a movie. We'll just instantly fall in love. It'll be amazing and we'll hang out. And well, he probably has dependency issues and, that'll, and then I'll panic and I'll ruin it because I ruin all relationships. And then we'll have this big fight and like, Piccadilly Circus and I'll cry on the bus on the way home and yeah probably shouldn't speak to him that uh, mm. that this isn't going to work out we've had we've had a good run <laughs> it was fun while it lasted I mean that's the best kind of relationship maybe <laughs> is the one that unfolds in your mind I thought from your stand-up though it sounded like and plus you're younger than I am I thought it was the culture for like kids oh, your age dating it, it sounded to me like you were Tinder people date I, I have a friend who went on Three hundred was it three hundred dates? Ew. Just she was just like, no, I just wanted to try it. I can't like, imagine shit. making small talk three hundred times. Oh my god, what a nightmare! Just being bored. Yeah, statistically two hundred and sixty-eight times. <gasps> just sitting, going, uh oh no, and now I have two hours to get out of this because <laughs> I don't want to be rude and yeah. leave immediately. You meet three hundred people though every time you do a gig, really. No, you do. I don't let them speak. No, you just talk. <laughs> I see three hundred people. <laughs> <laughs> they meet you. <laughs> they meet me. They meet me. So yeah, you're right. People. I should be dating. I should be dating. I sh- they should be emailing. Oh no! Now I'm going to open up something I didn't. I, <laughs> I'm going to regret having opened up. Yeah. Saying people should email me. Now I have to answer a lot of emails saying no. Like a lot I'm, of I'm scared of people <laughs> coming your way. <laughs> uh, no, I don't. I don't really. It's nah. different though, because I, like I, you have to if you see yourself being in a relationship which once again is not essential to happiness no. or life but um, I think uh, you do have to be careful I've learned that because I'm from like an Irish Catholic background where I did not think that my parents would have ever had sex with anyone else let alone each other before marriage uh, I was raised not so much by my mom or my, my, me, my dad didn't talk to me about any of that but just the faith was you get married and then you have sex, and then you have children, and you buy a house, and you do all these things in that order. Uh, and I did everything like massively backwards. And I see now, because you know, the Bible, obviously written by God, uh, but uh, interpreted by man first. And you can see little echoes of sense in it. You go, oh, I see why mm-hmm. that's in there. I see why different religions put these things in to teach people how to live because if you do it my way if you have the child first and then you make some money and then you have freedom and you buy a house it's very difficult to go back the other way around oh yeah because all of a sudden you're um losing things you're vulnerable again and you don't have to be if you do everything for yourself then violet and i were kind of like why would we let a man into our house? Because we'd have less space for our things. There'd be more noise. There'd be like different food all of a sudden. Like you wouldn't believe like men eat different food in my own personal experience than a a little girl and her mother do. Like there's just, we have this vibe now. Um, Boyfriends, like, I don't know. But isn't that a good thing? That means that when you meet someone, they have to be really fucking good to be worth it. Or just like, stealth yeah sneaky like a ninja not disrupt <laughs> the house but also who am I gonna find who wants to move into my house um I keep getting pets I mean I have four pets <gasps> oh yeah you have the dogs yeah <clears throat> and I can mean- people can public people follow you on Instagram uh, on yeah. the Snapchat because you have you put up 11 videos I, a minute of those dogs I and I love every single one of them just snap the dogs but this is it I think Stereotypically, I mean, it's really offensive, but girls will let like little cute, fuzzy things into that. We have such a girl house. Mm. I don't have big dogs. The house is just really quiet and really tidy, and it's just the way we like it. And there are pictures of Violet everywhere. Things are pink. She sleeps in my bed. Like, only a homeless person <laughs> would want that life. <laughs> Not to disparage any homeless people. Any one of us could become homeless at any time, but like, no one with a life is going to want our life. So, But I feel like that's the ideal situation because you're 100% independent. Yeah. So they would have to be so in love with you mm. and so up for like rest of rest of your life stuff with you. Yeah. And they would have and you would have to think that they were the best person in the entire world, which creates the the ideal situation which we should all be striving for, yeah. which is not to settle. 
for anything or for anyone. So you're very that would positive, be... Sophie. It's really nice of you to <laughs> no, no, a good but then spin we come on to it. the next point, which is that doesn't exist. So where would you find that? <laughs> but I sometimes you, I find myself going, yeah, but you know, yeah. there, there are other, there are other, re- you know, mm. like I can think of twenty five reasons why this relationship wouldn't work out and why I don't really like him, but he is there. Yeah, and that is a very positive quality. Like he's available. Yeah. So why wouldn't I? Exactly. <laughs> just because he is very weird, and just because he is not turned on by, uh, you know, me. <laughs> me. <laughs> Opinions. Opinions. A woman he, with he a hates voice. When I speak, you know, he's yeah. there. Look, they're all going to be weird. We're weird, and that, yeah. like accepting that is the first step. Oh, weird is fine. And I said I wasn't going to focus on romantic relationships in 2017, and this is what the and entire podcast. Only is spoken about that. I want to speak about. I really wanted to speak about independence. Okay. You seem extremely independent. Well, you are. You've said that you own property, like a Finally. like a 2020 woman. Yeah. So, I didn't know we could do that. Uh, <laughs> And then you mentioned vulnerability. Does being so independent make vulnerability seem like a dangerous thing, or like a hmm. like like it's a bit? Do you know what I mean? Yeah, because it, it's it not feels like polar opposites, doesn't it? In some way, even though it's not. Well, vulnerability is really human and really attractive, and um, I'm really vulnerable in a lot of ways. But it's not just my vulnerability; it's my daughter's. So if I make any mistakes again, and like Lord knows, I've made many. It's not just me. It's she's of this sentient age, like a cow. She was once a chicken. <laughs> um, now she knows what's going on. She doesn't really remember any other relationships I've had or anything else. But everything I do moving forward writes on the canvas of who she is. So it's really difficult for me to be vulnerable in any situation. And I don't know. I work a lot. She's got a really good babysitter who's also a teacher. So she's learning more and she, we live in the same community that she was born in she has all the same friends from when she was little all the same like shopkeepers and things and she's always on the phone with the family and her dad lives just down the road she sees him every other weekend you know she has a really good structure right now but I do feel this um, need to protect that for sure to like, guard that almost and be like you know we're independent we did this nobody helps us do this we did it she did very little. <laughs> but I mean, yeah. But you also have, I guess you also have to teach the vulnerability part. Yeah. I don't know. I don't know how it works, but like, because my, my mom was that very, very like, mm. just never, never depend on anyone. You, you ne- don't. <laughs> my mom was the first person to say, trust no bitch. <laughs> <laughs> like really. And that makes, like, that in the way it's affected me is that I don't really want to take help. Yeah. I get offended when people offer me help, even if it's very uh, justified. And because I'd never had anyone to say, you know what, you just, you, you sometimes need someone. Yeah. No one can, like, I cannot need anyone. Yeah. But I think that's um, probably also part of why you became a stand up. Mm, yeah. Because we don't work well with others. Because you know? no. <laughs> it is a very insular independent job and you have to be okay being alone on the road and you have to write your own material perform your own material there's no like flute on stage with your like i don't know what singers have a flute <laughs> uh, like a band you don't have other actors yeah. so i don't know like your mother whether she likes it or not i don't know how she feels about you being a stand-up that it's her fault yeah it's all on her it's always your mother's fault but yeah it's good so why did you is it the same reason why you did it Probably. Yeah? I didn't become a stand-up on purpose. Did you? No. Yeah. By accident. What did you want to be? Uh, well, I worked in um, <clears throat> like charity organizations, so I worked for the Danish Refugee Council, and Red Cross, and Amnesty. And you are I, a I was philanthropist. Su- I was such a good person, and then I was like, mm, I just want to talk about me a lot. <laughs> no, <laughs> so you were still like an advocate for lots of different things. But that, that took me year, like for the first like four years, it was just me, yeah, me, 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 <laughs> and I just completely abandoned that whole charity. But thing. again, no, that is charitable because it's the same as watching that tableau of my ex and the other man, like a play, mm. helped me. I think a lot of people in your audience, I'm sure, have fed back to you that they feel like therapeutic, like they're watching themselves, and they go, "Oh yeah," and it highlights things for them. It is still being 
charitable. I'd, that type I, of introspective stand-up. I'm also bad with compliments. Okay. Uh, I don't think you're funny, though. Oh, thank you. <laughs> you're welcome. I really needed that. Yeah. I really no, needed that. I really love your stand-up a lot. I think you're very, very funny. Just love it. And you work really hard on other comics like you. Do they? Yeah. Really? You know they do. Uh, yeah. Cause I'm going to need names. Uh, <laughs> I need a good list. Everybody. <laughs> you're one of those comics that other comics like. Oh, that's lovely. I yeah. don't think I assumed that. Yeah, it's true. Do you do people assume that? Like, do do you know that you are that? I always think everybody likes me. Yeah, well, they do. They <laughs> no, do. but I'm also aware that I don't show up to things. So you're a very different um, uh, social comic than I am because oh. people will see you at things. You know, like you invited me to come and do the oh, podcast. Yeah. You're reaching out. You're always involved in things. Right. Whereas I'm like a bit of a recluse so then I but think but I feel like a recluse I feel really? like I'm turning down like invitations for so much well you stuff. have to because you're working a lot but do you go to the like meetups or parties ever do you have drinks after gigs I rarely do oh. I try to I try to force myself to do it but it's so and I I'm, I, I'm always afraid of asking people to you know I only ask people I know mm. like a free definitely because mm-hmm. I'm afraid of getting that like Oh no, I'm busy, and I'm like, yeah, yeah, me too. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I have a gig as well. Yeah, I probably will get a gig, maybe. <laughs> thing, oh. I know. I feel like a recluse. I feel like I'm oh. not there enough. And then you, I'll see people, you know, on things or doing each other's things, and I'll go, oh, they didn't ask me to do that. Oh no, 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 no. they probably don't know that exists. Oh, oh god, they forgot. They don't like me. They probably don't like me because I am also very opinionated, and I, I'm very loud about what I think is right and wrong, and. I know people probably disagree with a lot of that. So I would also understand why people might not. But I I don't really... That's the thing. Me saying that I don't think that everyone likes me is like... I just feel like that's... I mean, that's okay. I just... I would be okay with either. You know what I mean? Does that make sense? Yeah. Yeah. And that's what's so likable. That's (laughs) That's a very likable quality. It's just like, whatever. It's very cool. You're one of the cool kids. I'm not one of the cool kids. I'm sure there are those comics who hate anybody who's doing well, but I mean, I don't even know who they are. So I don't care. I don't think that's why they hate you. (laughs) Yeah. When I think about people, uh, we all have a little circle. It's almost like college. You kind of grow up with the same people and then you see them again. Like I started with, um, like in 2008, I did this amused moose thing with uh, Josh Whittacombe and Sean Walsh and Eric Lampere was in it and Mike Wozniak and who else was in it it's just like a bunch of us that still see each other on things all the time yeah. and it really is like school it's really nice like mm-hmm. I get it with because I started in Denmark oh, yeah. and I'll like oh, yeah. I'll like sit with the people I started out with and I'll every single time I see them I'll be like can you believe it like yeah. we, we used to do this gig for a beer uh. and I, like remember when we started out and we were both new and then the bigger comics asked us to have a drink with them and we were like oh my god and they're just like yeah it's yeah whatever and I'm like, yeah. no but no we're on tv <laughs> and they're just like yeah yeah it's fine that's my life and i'm like no guys it's amazing it is and you should never lose that it is amazing we're very lucky that we're in the basement of an artist club and not in an office oh my god but some people really love being in an office and that's cool for them i st- do you, i don't know if you get this do you ever see a job um <clears throat> like someone saying oh there's a job available and then think oh I, every single time I see someone saying, oh, I need someone to work 30 hours a week or something, I go, I could do that. And ah. I go, oh, no, wait, you have a, jo- you have a job. Remember this. You That's good. Time. That's really hungry. That's good. I think That's I just don't think this is a thing. <laughs> You're like, I should get a real job, but I'm doing so well at this non-job. <laughs> yeah. No, I don't. I don't okay, have that. Good. When I see jobs, I'm like, You're there. no, I don't want a job. I used to have an office job in the UK when I first moved here for a long time. Yeah? Yeah. And you were broke as fuck, right? Oh, yeah. Yeah. Well, you are. This is the yeah. thing. I mean, politically, this is why they call us, like, the liberal elite, champagne socialists. I think uh, we artists definitely remember what it was like to have to survive as an immigrant, even though we're white. People never see us as immigrants, mm. so we're very privileged. But yeah. in a different country, living on minimum wage having to pay rent and travel like there were times that I would look under the couch like try to get changed so that I could just afford to take the bus to get to work yeah and I was like how am I this poor I have a full-time job Mm. um and so I mean that's only gotten worse I think since we've been doing more comedy Mm. people working in office jobs now and this is why people elect Donald Trump 
or they think, oh, UKIP is the answer because they can't mm. figure out a different answer, reason for why they're working 40 hours a week, but they're poor. And that is a real problem. Mm. That's what's going to kill us all. And then the uh, the right wing and the fascists. Yeah, it must will, be the immigrants. Will, it must be yeah, them. then they will go immigrants and then the whole universe will somehow come together and say, let's just blame the fact that it's a shitty year. Yeah. And you go, well, it's 2016. Yeah. Of course Trump would win. Ah, oh, silly year. Yeah. It's the moon. I <laughs> love that people have like personified a year. Right. Feel like, fuck you, 2016. But it did feel good, you know, but it, but it did also just, where you go, oh, Trump won. It's 2016. No, no, it's it's na- Nazis. Yeah. You have to blame the Nazis. Yeah. It's not the year. Can we just blame the right people? The Nazis. So it's the Nazis. Rebranded as the alt-right. <laughs> oh, I completely missed when that happened. It's important, I think, to keep those people on Facebook. Because yeah. I don't know if you have um, Nazis on Facebook. <laughs> but I do. Well, family's family. Family's family. <laughs> Your crazy uncle had a point. All this time we should have listened to him. But um, I find a lot of people, because you have the freedom of choice on social media you can silence certain conversations and just Mm. we are very privileged in our feeds we follow Mm. each other we're all very like woke millennials and i i see nothing but jokes and charity in my timeline it's great and i think this is a wonderful world definitely we're gonna vote remain and definitely Mm. hillary clinton's getting in or bernie sanders even's got a great chance (laughs) no in the real world America was never going to elect a Jewish socialist for president, just like they were never going to elect a woman. woman. Um, And then you have to keep people. I think Facebook is the best platform for those people that you went to school with and reading really what they think and keeping in touch with them because it's important to remember that they're not cartoons. They're real people, and I want to know what they think and how they feel and we so that I can destroy them. (laughs) But that that is the thing. we're the you know you you kind of always wish that someone would tell them what's up and we could do that if we know them you know like i've tried to have conversations Mm. with people like it i haven't always i've i've been the one to blog and hide like that because i just didn't want it in my life yeah and now i've kind of you know if people have said to me you know well you know if they're racist they're not going to listen to people of color so they'll listen to you mm-hmm. and maybe even respect what you say. So why don't you change their mind? Because that's not up to us. You can't just go, oh, there are racists out there. Isn't that shit? And they go, yeah, we'll do something mm-hmm. about it because you can, which is so hard. <clears throat> it's so frustrating having those conversations going. Yeah. Very I'm intersectional. We should all try. We should all try. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, it's very important. So and I, uh, oh yeah, oh shit, oh yay! Sorry, that was oh, a lot of emotions read. at the same time. What, did we talk too long? Yeah. No, we talked perfectly, mm. perfect, a perfect amount of time. And I, did they just turn on? They the just turn on little fairy lights. <laughs> Not you, Siri. <laughs> I just got right. a new phone. <laughs> that was like a good fifteen seconds of complete chaos. But so I want to ask you the last question, which is the question I always ask people, and I've never found a way of phrasing it uh, yet. Mm. However, listen. <clears throat> Before you ask, yeah, English is your second language. Yeah. So the fact that you carry and on even conversations here. better than most people who are born <laughs> in this country and who earn the benefits that they get by birthright, don't you worry if you don't know how to phrase something. I've also been in, uh, people might be able to tell the difference because I've been in Denmark for two, two or three weeks now. Mm. So this is the first time I've spoken English for three weeks. Oh. So I'm, I feel very limited in my language. No, but no. The question is this. So you, it's, the question is basically... Like, you have, you know, when you come out as a baby and everything's terrifying because it's like light and the sounds and all these things that ha- you haven't seen or heard before. So, babies scream and cry because it's all scary. And you know, as a 33 year old woman, you know what the next 33 years will be like for this baby that's you. That's you. You're the baby. Kay. So, you know exactly what's going to happen in the next 33 years. So, you get to say something to this baby that you think it might want to know. You know, so uh-huh. this isn't advice that you, you can't give yourself advice for anything that will happen from now on. This is for everything you already know. Like if you could, this terrified little baby, you know that life is going to be only lights and high, loud sounds for the rest of its life. Yeah, and it's scary. And you can tell yourself something as a baby. What would you say to yourself as a baby? Um, oh, the dilemma there is that anything I say to myself as a baby might alter 
the course of events that led me to this point? Mm -hmm. Yes or no? Everything's going to still happen the same. You can decide that. I haven't thought of that much through. Well, it would, wouldn't it? Anything? I think it might. Well, yeah, maybe. Like if I said but to... But then again, you're a baby, so you probably wouldn't remember anything. But maybe in that moment, it would make it a bit better. You think that would... Yeah. Um, I... Ooh. I would not... I genuinely wouldn't want to change anything at all. I really love my life right now, and I would take all the bad with the good to be where I am right now. I just love that. I have like too much confidence if anything I'm really like relaxed and happy um I have all these puppies and I get to drink wine when I want and I have a lovely daughter and like I'm free so I don't want to change any of that so I worry that if I said to the baby like you know like don't worry everybody loves you or if I said like you know eat less dairy like don't have dairy ever in your life if I said things like that or do more athletics because those are the things that I regret, like not being a, a gymnast or just having kind of a tumultuous childhood where I felt really insecure. And, all, you know, I would love to erase those things for that baby because you never want a baby to suffer. But at the same time, like those things made me who I am. So I don't know. What would I say to that baby? I guess like just like force your mother to breastfeed you somehow she should have breastfed you everything's your mother's fault if she had breastfed you like nature intended everything would be better or like okay I would tell that baby to be more academic stay in school go to a better school because I was really academic when I was young and I abandoned it all just because I wanted to but now I value education so much. I wish I had read more. I wish I had that like amazing Ivy League education that so many people now have in England that we just didn't have in Canada. I would say to that baby, like, do as much school as you can, as young as you can, and be a kid for as long as you can, because you're going to be an old person for a fuck load of a time. Yeah, that's it. That's perfect. Thanks. Uh, are you, do you have anything coming up that people should... No, no. Um, no, do you? Do you plug it on the thing? Yeah, I do it in the pre... You've done your Soho run. Oh, you do it. You've done it already. Oh, yeah. I'll record like a thing where I just oh, ramble, ramble on. Your own little spiel at the mind. beginning. Love those. But you're on Twitter and Instagram. Follow you on Snapchat. Yeah. You see puppies. Yeah, I put... Yeah. Okay, so I have like different personalities on my social media. On Twitter, I'm a bitch. On <laughs> Facebook, my Facebook's private. My fan page is real, but I mean, I don't post on that very often, but it is me. And then on Instagram, I'm like more fashion and beauty because that's what Instagram's about. And I want to support my stylist and my makeup artist, Jen and Fiona. Um, and then on Snapchat, I'm like really puppies. sweet. I'm really cute. On so there. many puppies. I'm just like, hey guys, here's my dog. So, I mean, who am I really? Different on all platforms. I have a, a show coming out, I think January 24th on Channel 4 called How'd You Get So Rich? And I have a Netflix special coming out on Valentine's Day. Oh. But I didn't tell anybody about that yet. When does this go out? Uh, it can go out whenever, I think. Whatever. We can say I can it. do it before Valentine's Day. doesn't matter. Yeah. Cool. It, well, because even if it's after Valentine's Day, I still need people to stream it. And then that's it. Thank you so much. Thank you, Sophie. Thank really you. good to see you and you have a friend. Yay. That was Catherine Ryan. Isn't she lovely? If you liked uh, this uh, episode, go share it with your friends if you want. Also, you can find us on uh, Facebook, Made of Human Podcast, on Twitter at Podmo, P-O-D-M-O-H. And please give it a five-star review on iTunes. It makes me so happy when you do that. And you can also go to Patreon, uh, patreon.com forward slash Mopod, M-O-H-P-O-D, and you can donate to the podcast like these lovely people have done. And oh God, get ready to hear me attempt to pronounce names that I'm not sure how to pronounce. But here's a shout out because uh, you can get a shout out if you donate more than uh, $5 per episode. So I want to give a warm and huge thank you to Zach Hilliker, Victoria Greer. Jesus Christ, I'm already fucking this up. Victoria Greer, Jen Parker, Russell Hughes, Danny Beckett, Fiona Richardson, Claire Lamb, Rachel, Grace Sutter, 
Caterpillar Harold Van Ditchk, <lacht> Amy Couch, <lacht> Eleanor, Emily Rose Delks, I See Stars, that's, I imagine that's just a username, Sarah Ferreira, Ike Seth, <sighs> Lizzie Palmer, Cherie Dunphy, Michelle Lincoln, Emily Glover, Daniel Rivershield, okay, you know what? <laughs> From now on, I'm just I'm just gonna give you a shout out with your first name. Is that okay? Is that a good rule? <laughs> Let me know if you insist on having your last name pronounced as well, and um, uh, and then tell me exactly how to pronounce it. Otherwise, this is not gonna <laughs> this is gonna take too long <laughs> to give shout outs to everyone. But I genuinely love every single one of you. Please have easier pronounceable last names if you decide to donate and uh, and accept uh, the reward uh, <laughs> i just want to say a thank you to bailey leonard who did my jingle uh bailey leonard has uh, her own podcast which she i mean sometimes chooses to publish let's be honest she's not it's, it's she's made two episodes in like 10 years but it's really good it's called sjw killjoys so which stands for social social justice warrior what who guess go and listen to it sjw killjoy uh, it's really good um so and thank you to to her for making my jingle and to ross bell for helping with my logo to phoenix artist club and to peter dunbar for letting me record episodes there and uh, <laughs> to everyone for listening i mean good on you for make, making through this last bit that was um that was painful for all of us i hope you enjoyed this uh i still love doing this so much and i love all of you uh take care mm -hmm.